Hello, and welcome to the Meltdown City Podcast with your hosts, Nicole Johnson and Allie Sundet. Our podcast is about reckoning with our restlessness and figuring out where we want to go next. We hope to laugh, inspire, and connect. Thanks for listening. Hey, Allie. Hey, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm awesome. Um, I'm so excited because yet again, we have a really cool guest um, on the phone with us. We have Nick Williams, um, who is an architect who spends his time in Santa Fe and and was in between Los Angeles and on the road, um, also known as at Hobo Architect. So, Nick, how are you? Hey, guys, I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Um, so are, where are you located right now? I know a lot of times you're on the road in your Airstream. Yeah, well, right now I'm in my spiritual home, which is uh, northern New Mexico, Santa Fe. Oh, your spirit. I love that you just said, I, I say Bangkok's my spirit home. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, um, like I, I go back and forth between Los Angeles and Santa Fe, and so... Um, I don't know. Santa Fe for me is more my pace than LA. Is that, is that where why you grew up? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I grew I I'm originally from San Francisco. And then my mom, you know, being a typical hippie, uh, <laughs> we lived in San Francisco and then Berkeley and Oakland. And then she was decided to move to Savannah, Georgia when I was seven years old. And uh, she got to Santa Fe and never made it east of Santa Fe because she loved it here so much. And so, yeah, I lived here for the majority of my childhood and then um, went to high school in Santa Cruz, another hippie spot. Mm. And uh, yeah, and then I went to college in uh, San Luis Obispo. So... Yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm, I've always kind of been between New Mexico and California, mm. even today. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your Instagram handle, like Hobo Architect. How did you come up with that name? And yeah, I've had that since that. like the beginning. I've, uh, I don't know, like I've always been in, into like homeless vagabonds and their stories. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> You know, it just kind of came natural. And uh, when I'm when Instagram kind of first started, I was living off of the grid in Taos, New Mexico, on top of this extinct volcano <gasps> in this little uh, 350 square foot cabin that was completely um, solar powered and uh, everything ran off of. Uh, rain catchment all the water was from rain catchment mm-hmm. and all the heating was from firewood in the national forest which was my north property line so I was kind of like off the grid yeah and uh, I traveled a lot and uh, it was just kind of like an experiment in living because mm. I had just finished like a, a, a project for a guy named Tom Ford in Santa Fe and it was a very gluttonous project, as you can imagine, for a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. So I just, I kind of wanted to like live simply for a while. So I bought this piece of land 
in Taos, which is a cool little town up in the mountains of northern New Mexico, uh, where Dennis Hopper lived for the majority of his adult life. And it's always kind of attracted artists and everything. Yeah. And I lived, I lived out by the Earthships, which are these really cool off-grid houses that are completely sustainable um, in passive solar. And I, I lived out by that community for a while. So I was kind of like homeless, you know, like I had a, yeah. I had a little, literally it was two rooms. Um, and I was building at the time I was building for this crazy New York lady. I was building this ski cabin up mm-hmm. at Taos ski Valley, which is where the avalanche happened a couple weeks ago that you guys probably heard about that killed two people. Oh, yeah, yeah, so I was building a house for this lady out of shipping containers and, and rail cars. <laughs> um, so, you know, hobos oh. traditionally popped trains, so I, I don't know. I thought that was cool. And at the time, you know, I just finished working for your husband, who was also into shipping container houses. <laughs> Cargo texture. Cargo texture, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I thought, I thought I would make you know, more of these shipping container houses. Mm -hmm. So like hobo architect kind of made sense. Yeah. That project was such a nightmare that I never did another one. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. I feel like they tend, those projects tend to be a lot of work because everyone thinks, well, you already have your pre-existing structure, but then you have to do all this stuff to insulate and, this particular one was at 10,000 feet elevation on top of this mountain. <laughs> and so, like, you know, once you cut those things up, and you have to do a lot of steel reinforcement. And then when, you, when you're in a cold climate and you're heating, like, a metal box, it has a tendency to condensate, like, your car. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there's, all, there's all these things you have to do to basically remove moisture from the building and get the dew point outside the house, which... It, you know, like really expensive spray foam insulation, mm-hmm. really expensive windows, uh, whole house ventilation fan, and all these crazy, crazy things. But yeah, it's not worth it. It that project ended up costing probably one and a half times what it should have, and mostly, oh, yeah. mostly because it was it was permitted by the city of Taos as a experimental architecture, mm. and um, you know everyone that came out to work on it didn't didn't have any track record or didn't know how to work with these things so the contractor of course wouldn't bid the project so the budget kind of got out of control <laughs> but um, nice. yeah that house is cool it's called home of dust wind and sky oh and um, if you just look up that hashtag you'll see a lot of photos of it kind of when instagram was brand new um, huh. home of dust wind and sky yeah Mm-hmm. It sounds like like the nomadic and homeless lifestyle is something that you know you you've been doing for a while. What what about it is um, is it is it something that you do? Your clients find that part of you you know appealing, and is that why they want to like hire you and work with you? Or tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Like, at first, I think my clients find it like intriguing and mysterious and romantic, mm-hmm. but I think. I think after like trying to get a hold of me so often, <laughs> me being out of cell range and all that, they, they're kind of over it. But um, you know, that's just a part of working with me. It's like 
sometimes I won't answer the call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes it might take me a few days to return an email, but, um, whatever, you know, I, yeah, I know that, you know, a lot of architects work in the same city their whole life and that's how they build their business. But I like to have projects, you know, all over the place. I like to travel to them. Yeah. Hey, when you were here, so Nick spent a couple nights here in the summer, this past summer, and um, we had a conversation with my husband, Rob, and there was something that you brought up that I'd never heard of before, which was boondocking. Oh, what yeah. is that? Boondocking. Um, well, basically, if you're like living in an RV and you're going to like campgrounds and everything, you're, you know, I'm, I'm in my 30s. And I'm probably 30 years younger than anyone I would meet in these campgrounds because it's mostly like snowbirds from like Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, and it gets expensive, you know, like staying in these campgrounds gets expensive and you're like squeezed into these sites like five feet away from another RV with their loud ass generator. So um, I prefer to I prefer to be surrounded by nature and silence and a nice view and, you know. I don't, I don't need running water and, um, a, a running toilet and all that. So I like to boondock, which is where you kind of just go off the grid somewhere. And, um, I have a 1964 Airstream, mm. um, that I picked up a while ago and kind of remodeled and I set it up deliberately for, you know, basically what I did is I took the idea of my cabin up in Taos and I, made it mobile so um the airstream was all solar powered i had uh i have a sprinter van that i mounted solar panels to the roof and ran uh to a battery bank with, with a really nice inverter and the, the airstream is completely solar powered so i can you know set up in like joshua tree in the middle of nowhere and, and have power mm. not have to run a generator and That's then I've awesome. got I put in a new fresh water tank under the the couch of the airstream, which is thirty five gallons. And so that that is also uh the, the pump system for that is is solar power too. And so I actually do have hot running water off the grid and I have a cook stove that runs off propane and I have my solar electric and then pretty much everything in the Airstream, I upgraded to LED, so mm. it doesn't use much power. So it's nice. Like I designed the whole house in Joshua Tree last year, um, in the middle of nowhere. And then wow. when I needed, you know, access to Wi-Fi or whatever, I I just went to a Starbucks or something to send mm. to send drawings and coordinate stuff with my engineer and stuff. So mm. it's so boondocking is just like when you go out in the middle of nowhere. And a lot of people don't know that you can stay in National Forest for 14 days and you can stay on BLM land for 14 days. Um, and then, uh, you know, sometimes there's a, you can actually stay in Walmart parking lots a lot of times and Cracker Barrel parking lots. And there's all these places you can ex you can stay overnight for free. Um, hmm. You know, the majority of like people that live in RVs full time are going to these campgrounds because they need the hookups. So yeah. kind of once, just like in architecture, or when you build a house, if you go off grid, 
and you're using renewable energy and all that, and you don't have to be hooked up to water and sewer and gas and electric from the city, then it kind of frees you up to be anywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'd rather be, you know, in the middle of nowhere than surrounded by people any day of the week. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I do a lot of boondocking. Like, I stay... And there's actually a large community now of people who like live in their vans full time and live in, there's actually a lot of people that live in airstreams full time. And, um, a lot of, there's a a few apps that have sprung up that you can actually look up, you know, free places to stay like BLM or Mm -hmm. uh, national forest. And it's weird. There's like pictures and reviews sometimes, which is kind of like a double edged sword because social media is kind of making all these places that used to be secret, you know, secrets mm-hmm. kind of like exposed, which is a bummer. Cause mm-hmm. I used to, I used to have so many amazing places like in Utah alone where I could go. And nobody knew about them. And now everyone's geotagging everything and these places are getting trashed, you know? So it sounds like you, you kind of, you mentioned your mom was a hippie. It sounds like you're kind of, you know, like, because, you know, you're kind of living an environmentalist, minimalist lifestyle. Do you, was there ever, um, part of you that was wondered if you would, (coughs) I mean, you worked for Rob, so you've worked for, you know, a company before, or do you really prefer just working for yourself? And have you ever found any difficulty with that? Or is it just something that you love to do? Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's right. My mom was kind of nomadic too. Like we moved, I was raised by a single mother. So we moved a lot. Like at at one point I counted how many times I moved before I was 18 and it was like 50 something. It was crazy. So yeah, my mom was kind of like a gypsy a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I guess I have it kind of built into me to just I get bored. Like after two years, I get bored in one place. And, mm-hmm. you know, even in LA, I was going crazy after two years, just out of stuff mm. to do. And, you know, that sounds ridiculous, mm-hmm. like in a place in LA, like, like LA, but I don't know. I, I actually just read a book, a really good book about this guy who took this, who quit work, quit his job in Portland and rode a bicycle all the way down to the bottom of Argentina. And it took him like two years and kind of the Ugh. premise of the book, like the, the first couple chapters are talking about your brain and how it slows down when it's in a routine and everything's mm-hmm. predictable and time kind of speeds up because you get caught in this cycle where you, everything's just predictable and your brain just like sleeps, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good mm-hmm. book. It's called To Shake the Sleeping Self. By a guy mm, named, that sounds mm. great. Yeah, it's by a guy named Jedediah Jenkins. Anyway, well, I... I, yeah, I did used to work for Rob, um, in hybrid architecture and that was right out of grad school when the economy was terrible and thank, thank God I found Rob, <laughs> the only developer in the world who had a project that was, <laughs> that was going at the time and we built uh, <laughs> yeah, the project true. Remington Court together and it, it, you know, it turned out pretty successful and, uh, but then, you know, the economy crashed and I had to, I kind of had to go out on my own because I didn't really have any other choices. 
because no developers were building anything. And, and um, I had the opportunity to build a project in Santa Fe with this contractor investor. And um, so, yeah, I kind of had to go out on my own and, and learn quickly. <coughs> and, you know, the first couple of years were definitely a struggle, but um, now I'm doing okay. I have, I have like six projects going right now. Wow. Kind of, kind of in different That's phases awesome. and different places. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I do amazing. like to, I do like to work for myself. I don't like to really answer to anyone. I'm a control freak. I like I like to wake <laughs> up and ease into the day and have some coffee and sometimes smoke a joint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, and not have to like be in <laughs> office by nine o'clock and you know sit at a computer for eight hours. I can't do that. I can't sit in front of a computer for more than two hours without going crazy. I can't. Mm, and I like to work that. at night too. And that's not conducive to like an office environment. Like sometimes I'll work all night. Mm. Well, Nicole and I were just talking huh? about that. We were just talking about how the theme of some of the people we've interviewed is really this rebellious kind of <coughs> person that, that doesn't really like authority and really likes to make their own rules. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, I'm not cut out for like the corporate world. I tried to do it and exactly I can't handle I can't handle when someone stupider than me is giving me directions, you know? <laughs> like yeah. honestly, I haven't worked for anyone since Rob. Uh, and oh, Rob wow. was a great boss because he we're we were on the same page and you know, he's a cool dude and um yeah, that is kind of it, isn't it? That's what irks people about working for people. Yeah, no, like they think to themselves, "God, you're stupider than me, and I have to report to you." This sucks. Yeah, exactly. You know, and um, in architecture in particular, like most architects don't even begin to see any type of success or see anything built until they're in their like fifties. You know, and by then they're mm-hmm. so naive and kind of set in their ways, and it's like. I don't want to work for you. Like, you know, <laughs> like yeah. you're not doing anything interesting. Yeah. You're set in your ways. You know, you're, you get kind of beat down in this industry until you're, mm-hmm. you know, until you kind of hit your stride in your fifties. And by the, I don't know, it's sometimes right. you lose inspiration and you lose your passion and nobody wants to work for someone like that. You know, like I did, I worked for this corporate yeah. firm in college just to kind of pay my school, you know, my school bill. And it was a nightmare. Like we were designing an airport uh, and it's like, it was terrible. You know, it's like no creativity. I mean, the airport turned out pretty cool, but I would like show up there and the guy would have like the smooth jazz radio station on. And like so much of that, you know, like I literally, I literally couldn't handle it anymore. Like the smooth jazz on repeat was killing my soul <laughs> Ooh. i'm like have kenny g, kenny in my g. Mind right now and you know those radio stations play like the same 50 songs over and over oh so, yikes yeah um so how long have you been an architect now 12 12 years uh, 12 years what is the, what is this 2019 yeah i mean i i mean yeah. like, i like to think of myself becoming an architect when i 
started college because I went to oh, a college cool. that was okay. like very intense from the beginning. I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, which was mm-hmm. at the time like mm-hmm. one of the top five architecture schools in the nation. And it was tough. Like mm-hmm. right from the first class, you had to know that you wanted to do it. So that was in 2000. So I, I don't know. I would say like 1918. About 20 years almost. Yeah. It's a trip. 20 years. And um, you know, I, I do mostly residential, mostly houses. So your website is beautiful. Thank you. Be- people will put his we'll put his um link up for his website, but check out his projects. They're absolutely so beautiful. You've got beautiful lines, um clean really clean lines and um I really appreciate that. Yeah, I need to do um, better which, taking photos. I don't know. I don't document my work very well. You know, I don't like mm. go for awards well, and and hire photographers and stuff. That's something I need to start doing more. Yeah. Which, which project are you most proud of? You think? Oh man. Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really proud of any of them. (laughs) Every time, every time I build something, there's a compromise, you know, whether it be like, Mm -hmm. whether it be like the city or building codes or zoning or the client or budget, so there's always something I'm not happy about. And then like, I'll look at a build, I'll look at like one of my projects and all I see is like imperfections, you know, which is kind of like mm-hmm. a, a bummer, you know, cause everyone's like, <laughs> Oh, this is a beautiful project, blah, blah, blah. You know? And I did a house uh, a couple of years ago in Beverly Hills that sold for like $6 million and I fucking hated it. <laughs> like I thought mm. it was like, I don't know. It just, being an architect, a lot of people think it's like design, but most mostly mm-hmm. it's like communication and and manipulation. <laughs> it's not like uh, it's not like we ever build what we want, you know. It's yeah. always a compromise. But I don't know if I had to choose one. Um, I did this project called Tansu Kasa which tansu is like a Japanese word meaning like little cabinet. And um, the premise of the project was cool. It was this lady who had never been a developer before who bought like, I think seven acres in uh, outside of Santa Fe, beautiful site. And she subdivided the land into five lots. And she wanted to build these little sustainable houses and ultimately, she hired me to design the the subdivision, which would have been six houses. Mm-hmm. And we built two together. And, um, you know, the budget was pretty modest. And um, the first house was only 900 square feet. And the second house was only 450 square feet. And we were trying to show, we were trying to show that you could live in these small houses if they were designed right. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and that's where the idea of Tansu came in, like cabinetry. So the whole house is like mm. one big cabinet. Uh, mm. So you can have like an open floor plan and not have clutter everywhere. It tuck yeah, all your stuff in away. Like, kind of, we design more for people's things than we do for people. You know, it's terrible. Like, like a client oh. will be like, "I have this couch that needs to go here," and it's like, "Well, okay." 
Or, you know, I have this <laughs> fucking painting and it's a, it's always a shitty painting, you know. It's like, I have this painting I want to put <laughs> above my fireplace. And like, okay, it's a well, <laughs> that sucks because now your fireplace is going to have to be bigger than your window next to it, you know, where there's this beautiful view. So it's like the idea was that like, okay, you get rid of everything but the necessities and everything has its place in this house. There's even like an appliance garage so like you wouldn't have your a coffee maker out on the um counter. Oh. Mhm. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. Idea. So that was that one was cool. And the lady um we built two of them and I just designed a third one for her. Um but she's having trouble as a developer selling these things. I mean the first two sold for like $500 a square foot, which is really good because she created her own comp. But now she's having trouble. People, you know, turns out people don't want small houses as much as you think they do, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's a very specialized client who's going to want, you know, a 450 square foot house mm-hmm. with no garage because mm-hmm. everyone in America has, you know, all this crap in their garage that they don't want to get rid of. Mm, right. But hopefully the third one gets built and then two more get built eventually. But yeah, it's cool. It's uh it turned out pretty nice. The quality of light in the houses is really amazing and you know, the majority of the walls are glass. So, and it's a it's a oh. beautiful, there's a beautiful view to the Hemez Mountains, which is the second largest volcano in the country after Yellowstone. So there's a direct view to the Hemez mountain range, which is beautiful where the sun sets and it's cool. It's up on a ridge, but yeah, I'm, I'm I was pretty happy with that. Cause we accomplished a lot for like nothing, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it seems like all my projects in New Mexico are for these artists who have no money, but have these really cool um, goals and the projects yeah. turn out really interesting because we kind of have to do these things with no money. And then my projects in L.A. are just like extravagant, ridiculous mansions for rich assholes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of like they don't have any soul and, you know, everything's like, like all the fixtures are like German and really expensive. And like you have like wood on the facades imported from Brazil, which I'm not I don't really it's not really my thing, but you know, in Hollywood, it's all about glitz and glamour and, and selling. You're selling a, a house to someone's ego and you're not selling mm. a house to them, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're building someone's ego. You're not building them a house. And so people want to show mm. off like this fucking imported Brazilian Ipe, you know, that's like ridiculously expensive. And those projects mm-hmm. to me kind of, you know, you build one, and you you do one and there's nothing groundbreaking about it but someone's gonna pay f- um, well sorry i got a call that i did. oh no that's fine so someone's um, gonna pay fucking crazy yeah no like these of- projects in la to me have no soul but i kind of have to do them in order to afford to do the projects in new mexico for these artists who can't pay me shit yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's like sucks your soul in la but then you build it up in new mexico yeah totally yeah like i'm i'm designing a house right now god it's been a nightmare because it's in a subdivision with the homeowners association and a design Mm -hmm. review board 
and it's like all these retired CEOs who live in this community and they they want to you know know exactly what you're doing oh anyway um sorry I keep getting you're uh, blowing up I know (laughs) um anyway yeah so I want to go back to a question. So you mentioned like designing for Tom Ford. That's pretty awesome. But what about, what are some other interesting people um, that you've met while you've been on the road? You know, what? I don't meet a lot of people on the road. <laughs> like I, I, oh. I'm pretty, uh, I don't, I'm not very, I'm not very outgoing as a person. I'm, I'm, I'm not like the type of guy who can like go to a bar by myself and like start a conversation with someone. So when I'm on the road, it's usually, I mean, it's just usually me and my dog. And, you know, mm-hmm. I have met some cool people just crossing paths, but I don't actually go out of the way to meet people. I guess the, the recently the, the person I met, I was living on the beach in Malibu, literally like all summer, uh, right on the PCH, the Pacific Coast Highway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have like a nice rig and a nice airstream, so no one really gave me any any shit. But I met this. Mm-hmm. I was literally living on the on the Pacific Coast Highway for like weeks at a time in Malibu, and eventually I met this guy who was doing the same thing in this like old, crappy like fiberglass RV, and he ended up being a kind of like me. He was a contractor who was working on a project in Malibu, and he's like, "I'm not gonna pay." I mean, in LA, like you get a one bedroom is like 25 to $3,000. Wow. And it's like, fuck that. I'm going to, you know, like I literally lived on the beach in Malibu for free while I was working on some projects in LA. That's incredible. Uh, so yeah, he was a cool guy. His name was Tim and he had, so when, when I'm on the road, I have a sprinter van with the Harley Davidson in the back. And then I hook up my Airstream because my motorcycle allows me to go places in the city that, you know, I can't with like a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this guy, this guy was doing the same thing. He had a, a fiberglass RV with a Ducati, I think, or no, it was an old Yamaha or something. And he had like a dirt bike and it was basically like the older version of me. And we would sit out, he had this toy hauler with the, the back of it would come out and create like this deck. And we would like, you know, every day after work, we'd come, come back and we'd chill and his, he would, put this deck out and we'd watch the sunset and like drink some beers and barbecue. And we, and it was crazy. We were living like the dream. That sounds like (laughs) Like we weren't paying anything. Wow. That does sound like a dream. Eventually, eventually he got a warning because one of the, I guess someone complained and he had to move, but I still do it. Yeah. Cause his, his ride wasn't s- s- cool enough. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It didn't. That's it, it, <sighs> bullshit. Yeah. Mm. People see like an old Airstream and it's like a visceral reaction. And especially in Malibu, you throw a surfboard and a wetsuit up. It's yeah. Like, oh, that's so cool. Like that's what they want to see, you know, and people like exactly take pictures and stuff. Yeah. They get a hard on for it. Totally. Yeah. And the, se- the secret is you got to have an out of state license plate, you know, because then it's just like, oh, I'm just passing through. Oh, that's right. I never, no one ever bothered me. Like, I would spend the night right on the side of the Pacific Coast Highway in front of these like million dollar houses, you know? Wow. Wow. Um, what 
Is there anything you're struggling with right now? Yeah, seasonal effectiveness disorder. <laughs> oh my god, I hear you. Um, I've been like inside. <laughs> I, you know, I got, I got, I had the flu for like a week, and I had to stay in my house, and it, it's like driving me nuts. Like, I, I, I have a problem with like stagnation, and I get bored really easily. So I constantly have to like entertain my brain with with like new places and new things, and and in the winter it's tough because. In Santa Fe, we're at 7,000 feet elevation, and it snows here. It's cold. Oh, it's like, wow. That's right. I'm, I'm, like, hunkered down right now. So I have a, I struggle with that for sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Every every winter, I'm like, why am I, why am I still in Seattle? Uh, yeah. So I hear you with the, with the sad the seasonal. Oh, yeah, disorder. I got it bad up there. Oh I, my god. I, bet you did. I had to stay away from the Ballard Bridge for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Luckily here we get a lot of sunshine even in the winter and it's beautiful. Yeah. So Yeah. And I, I recently bought a little A frame cabin up in the woods, which is like a hour and a half drive from Santa Fe. So sometimes I just force myself to go out there and like spend the night just to like break up my routine. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing I struggle with is routine Mm. because I need to like kind of be in a routine for my business, but I also hate being in a routine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the winter, I kind of, I kind of am forced into a routine. The winter time is when I do a lot of the designing of the houses and then spring, summer, fall is kind of when things are under construction again. Mm Mm-hmm. So how did you grow your social media following to 6,000 people? Um, Pretty cool. I don't know. I, I don't really hashtag a lot of stuff. I'm not really good. Yeah. Like, I have friends who literally live off of Instagram and like get paid to like post pictures and stuff. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to do any of that. Like, I can take pretty pictures, but I don't know how to like market myself. And I've never really been into like marketing myself. So I don't know. I guess, I guess people like people, people like, people like to live vicariously a lot. And, you know, people always Mm -hmm. tell me like, oh, your life's so amazing. And sometimes people get pissed off because it's like Monday morning and I'll post like a picture from like the beach or something. Yeah. Someone's like in their cubicle answering emails. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I haven't really tried. Yeah. It wasn't an intentional decision. It was just something that kind of happened organically. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's exactly it. Um, And sometimes like I've been kind of over Instagram for like the last couple months just because it's boring. Like it's getting boring to me. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm, and, yeah. and what sucks is I, I was just like contacted by Airstream to uh, be like an Airstream ambassador. And um, they're talking about like letting me use like new Airstreams and take them on trips and stuff. Wow. And, like, do like That's sweet. Do like product testing and stuff like that. Cause I've owned several Airstreams. I've always hmm. been into Airstreams, the design aspect of them. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of like a double-edged sword because now I'm going to have to like, I don't know. I get tired of posting. I feel like sometimes I post the same pictures. It's like, how many, how many 
pictures of an airstream in front of like a beautiful <laughs> place can you post i feel and my friends even you know like my friends will say like okay we get it you have a fucking airstream you know <laughs> <laughs> like how many times can you post a picture of your airstream? and that to me is like i'm kind of like forcing it sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know and i used to feel like i had to post something every day mm-hmm. but now i'm just like fucking over it honestly yeah like I'm trying to promote my work more because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually get um, clients from Instagram, believe it or not. I believe it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely struggling with it. So I don't know. People just, I, I don't think 6,000 people is a lot at all. I mean, so when you say, how did you grow your social media following? I don't even think of it like that because 6,000 people isn't that big of a deal. And like, like I have friends who have no jobs who have like 75,000 followers. Wow. That's so crazy. How many do we have, Nicole? Like 15? (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot to us. I hate, I hate the word influencer. I hate when people put that. I uh, hate that word too. What is it? Public figure. It's like, and, and you know what I can't stand about social media is like, I think, I think it's creating like this weird generation of people that are self-obsessed because like how many instagram pages do you see where it's like a hot chick who posts a picture of herself every day in like a different outfit or traveling somewhere right it's like how into yourself are you i'm so overseeing like it's ridiculous like are you really that into yourself that you have to post a picture of yourself every day yeah it's getting out of control yeah (laughs) it is getting out of control and then like sponsorships and ads and I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess it's all about um, doing what's right for you. And I, I believe you. I think it's getting out of control. I just don't know how it's hard to know. Like, how do you, we, I, I feel like I kind of missed the boat on all that stuff and I'm just trying to get us out there a little bit. And I'm like, I don't fucking know how to do this shit. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, there's companies now who specialize in social media marketing, you know? Yeah. It's like a powerful tool if you know how to do it, but I don't know how to do it. I have friends who know how to do it. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, they're, like, attractive women with, like, perverted influencer, you know, perverted followers. Yeah, (laughs) totally. It's like, (laughs) that's what it is now. It's like, okay. Yeah. Um. Do you have any advice for anybody who wants to try to go out on their, live their, I don't, I almost, I wrote it in the notes as hashtag van life, but I say, I'm cringing when I say that, but do you, do you, but like for someone who wants to go out and like, um, just live on the road and kind of be a nomad and what advice would you have for them? You know what it, you know what it took for me was kind of like, uh, um, nervous breakdown (laughs) Mm -hmm. like I was living in LA I was living in LA and I had this beautiful house in the Hollywood Hills with like a pool it was a beautiful mid-century house I was George Clooney's neighbor and like I was such an LA douchebag my mom showed up at the airport because one of my projects was finished and I like showed up to pick her up at the airport in like leather pants and she's like Nicholas Phillip, what the fuck are you wearing? Like, ah! 
that's not you. Like I was, I totally turned into this Hollywood douchebag. And my mom put me into it. Like I took her to my house. I thought she'd be like super impressed because I had like a house in the hills. And she saw through it. She's like, Nicholas, this isn't you. You know, I can see you're not happy. And literally she left. She flew out. And I was like, you know, fuck, she's right. I've been, I've been kind of like living this fake life. And, you know, it's like what everyone wants to attain in LA, like a beautiful house and friends hanging out your pool and shit. But to me, it was like, you know, meant nothing to me. It didn't make me happy. So literally she left and I had like this nervous breakdown and like, crisis about who I was and how inauthentic it was Mm -hmm. and so I rented a storage unit and um I like the next two weeks after that I hired these movers and put all my furniture into a storage unit in Van Nuys like deep in the valley where I would never go wow just because I wanted to like yeah for sure so I put all my stuff in storage and I I got out of my lease and um, took off in my Airstream and haven't looked back, I guess. But yeah, I guess it took a nervous breakdown for me. But I, I would say most people, I think most people get like caught up in like the planning of it and like saving money and quitting your job and selling all your shit. And it's like, yeah. if you, if you, if you have all that stuff that you have to do, it's going to take a while and plans change, you know, and you might, your wife might get pregnant or who knows, you might get a job offer somewhere and you never end up doing it. And then you like regret it when you're older. So I think you just have to just do it. Like you have to commit and just do it. Like put your shit in storage, sell what you can, put your shit in storage, go buy that. Yeah. A lot of people buy a van and go Mm -hmm. live in a van. Um, For me, I had, I had to have, like a desk where I can lay out drawings and stuff. So that's why I have the Airstream. But um, you just got to do it, I guess. Even if it's just temporary, like that's like I put my stuff in storage and I didn't even see it for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, my storage unit went up for auction. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just like over it. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to pay $250 a month just to keep this shit somewhere, you know? It's like, yeah. Now I have like old mid-century modern furniture that I like, so I ended up paying the bill and going and getting it all. But um, yeah, just put your stuff in storage, and even if it's just temporary. Like the nice thing is, if you build like a camper van, you can sell it for like to like some dumb hipster for like a lot more money than you have into it. (laughs) Yeah, because you're selling this dream. You know, like I just sold an Airstream. I just sold an Airstream to this guy uh, for like four times what I paid for it a few years ago. And it's like when I bought it, Airstreams, I've always been in the Airstreams, but when I bought the Airstream, you know, Instagram wasn't, was barely brand new. And like um, this whole mobile lifestyle wasn't really a thing yet. And now it's like, it's like, that's the power of like an ego, right? It's like, if you can sell some, you're selling a dream to someone. Yeah, not like an actual product hmm. but yeah, yeah I don't know like it's crazy how many people are doing it now yeah I mean know, it's, because of 
van life, the hashtag, it's kind of gotten out of control. And, and um, people can work from anywhere too. That's the so. thing. It's yeah. It's mostly like computer programmers and stuff. I'm noticing who can like code or do whatever they're doing somewhere. For me as an architect, like the reason I travel mostly now is for work because I have to go to LA a lot, and I'll stop in like Sedona or um, Joshua Tree. Um, you know, and I'll, I don't like to fly either. So rather mm-hmm. than like fly to LA, I'll take two days and drive there. Mm. <coughs> but just do it, I guess. Yeah. You know, especially now nowadays, you can like you can work remotely and you can boondock and you can have solar power and you can access the internet from almost anywhere if you have like a, a Wi-Fi extender. Mm. So like I know I follow people who live full time in their airstream, and they'll go set up like in in the middle of the Sierra Nevadas somewhere like up by Bishop or Mammoth and they'll, they'll set up there for weeks and work, you know, it's no different than going to an office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So long as they're doing their stuff and yeah, like you could have never done that 20 years ago. Yeah. That's for sure. So just do it, Nicole. Just do it, Nicole. Okay. Congratulations for living such an authentic life. Tell Rob to sell that Porsche and get a van again. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I'll tell him you told him that. You told me that. Oh, yeah. We'll see you on the road. Those vanigans, man. Those are those are like the other things that Instagram is like beefed up the price on. Those old Volkswagen vanigans, like Mm -hmm. God. My uncle had those when I was growing up. We would travel on them. They would break down and overheat in like the middle of the desert. And he is kicking himself because now they go for like fucking $35,000, you know? Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us on the phone. And um, I just want to say we really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Where, what's your website and i mean i think we told told everybody that your instagram is at hobo architect and yeah. your website's www.nicholaswilliams yeah it's, okay. it's my name nicholas-williams.com oh, yeah, if you right. go to nicholaswilliams.com with no dash it's like <laughs> some gay dude in australia with like the first thing you see is like a uh, rainbow flag. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Hilarious. It's just not you. Well, I haven't checked it in a while, but that that was it when I was trying to get the domain. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, hobo hobo architect on Instagram. Cool. Um, we will post some links in our show notes to your stuff and to your projects and. Um, cool. If you, for those people listening, if you want to send us an email at melt, go ahead and do that at meltdowncitypodcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on, uh, on Instagram at meltdowncitypodcast. Okay. Peace out. Nick, thank you so Peace much. Out. You're awesome. Thank you guys. Oh, I hope to meet you sometime, Allison. Yeah, me too. Have a good day. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. Please follow us on Instagram at Meltdown City Podcast, or you can email us at MeltdownCityPodcast at gmail.com, or you can check us out on our website at MeltdownCityPodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.